You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast. Welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. Yo, what's up, folks? Welcome to episode 164 of the Fanboy Garage. Hope you guys are all doing well. Let's talk about the Batman uh, being you know, being made for close to $100,000, $100,000, geez, $100 million, and what that all means. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, I keep on saying The Mandalorian to people, and that's I, not what I do the same thing now. I've done it so many times. Yeah. The book of Boba Fett, um, yeah. and the last, uh, the latest episode there, we'll talk a little bit about The Peacemaker, uh, and then some other TV shows and stuff that we've been watching. Yeah. So let's get into the meat of it. Let's let's get into, I almost said it again, let's get into The Book of, Bo- the book of Boba Fett. To me, well, I mean, it's basically become the Mandalorian. In fact, I'm seeing more and more places now that that are saying like it's officially become like the Mandalorian season two point five. Five, yeah. And like this is going to be like just all of these shows. Well, the three at least, um, Ahsoka, uh, this show, and Mandalorian are going to be like one big universe, one big kind of story, uh, which is fine. Uh, but man, so we were speculating last week. Tremendous. On, that they would get this. That they would get this. Oh, first of all, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That they would get the show back on track, or at least back to yeah, like that. We figured the Mandalorian wouldn't be in this episode, right. and that we may see the stuff with him and Grogu like in the Mandalorian season three, and and that you know it would get back on track, get us back to Boba Fett to the that central storyline that we we still, I mean, where we left off in episode. What was it four? Um, was it episode yeah, yeah. four? That's the last yeah. episode that was actually a Boba Fett episode, where he uh, where, had had uh, you know dinner with all of his uh, crime crime syndicate folks. Yeah, where she says I you know I can get muscle or whatever. Right. I mean, right. we have not revisited that. <laughs> um, no, there wasn't. You know, it's funny. There was an interesting stat. I'm sure you saw it that. Uh, Boba Fett has only had one minute of screen time between these two weeks uh, episodes. Well, these two episodes. I mean, I'm surprised it's that much, actually. A minute. Yeah. Um, For a show called The Book of Boba Fett. Correct. Yeah. So we thought that. So we we were wrong, obviously. Um, and you know, and here's the because this episode essentially is a sequel to last episode. Uh, another Mandalorian centric episode, right? Where he goes and we actually see him go to find Grogu, and yeah. we get a whole bunch of Luke Skywalker. And, Which holy, yeah, and like, we get shit. Ahsoka in there, and and I mean, we did get more world building, right, at the end. Yeah, uh, but I mean, and and things that could tie in. What's that? Bob Vanth comes back. Yeah, you know, uh, he has more screen time than Boba Fett. Yeah, and Dave Filoni directed this episode, and obviously, Gosh. you know, these are his. That's one of his characters, right? And oh, uh, Cad, oh, Cad Bane. Yeah, Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Yeah, comes. We get to see him, and um, so yeah. I mean, we we did get, but di- again, though, like um, 
it was just again a very Mandalorian episode, and we'll get into the the kind of the meat of the episode in a minute. But I guess the general thing is like I I really and I tweeted this out as like at this point I really don't even care what this show is and isn't because it's yeah. just become really great like Star Wars. Star These Wars. last two episodes is some of the best Star Wars since the original trilogy. Yeah, and I mean the world that they're building, regardless of whether you think it makes sense to have a show called the book of Boba Fett and then to, to basically have taken all of the attention away from Boba Fett right. to the point where I, I really don't even care. And I, I now again, they they could get me back as far as like next week. If all of this comes to a head and it builds to, I would assume Mandalorian season three, because I, right. I don't see it building towards Book of Boba Fett season two. I mean, it could. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, th- there's a lot of potential here with this universe now. And and it makes sense, I guess, in a lot of ways. Because eventually the Mandalorian would run out of steam, right? I think. In yeah, that, I, don't I mean, know about Well, that. I'm meaning in the sense of, like, there there's a lot of stories still that you can still tell. I mean, but we're, it, we're gap like yeah. But to be able to use this extra show as a way to expand the universe even further to help set up maybe Ahsoka to help set up the Mandalorian, like it it gives these shows a little bit more breathing room because they don't have twenty episode seasons. No. So like they're establishing stuff here that it, it's a nice way so that you're not overloading all mm-hmm. of these shows, which is I guess interesting. But like, I mean, these last two episodes have been so good, and this episode was just. It was so good and surprising. I mean, I didn't think we were going to get this much Luke Skywalker. Uh, I thought, I'll be honest, like after um, the finale of, of season two, I I didn't think they would go all in like that right. again. Like, because, I mean, you know, obviously, if you're going to if you're going to show Luke Skywalker um, you know, I, I, and it, it looked the way, and it, it looked the way that it did. It like kind of cemented in my mind, like we're not ready yet, right, to see more Luke Skywalker. And uh, boy, were we wrong, right? <clears throat> boy, was I wrong. I mean, they um, certainly did a better job this time. They did a way better job, uh, there yeah. were, dude. There was one part I literally was like, "Fuck, that looks amazing." <laughs> and I assume it's because like. When you're gonna be use him use him for as long, much as they did in this episode, you know when it's it's a quick cameo at the you end of an episode. You could yeah, I mean you could do, but yeah. now knowing that okay, we're gonna well, he's gonna feature in this episode, I, they would have to have stepped up their game. A the, bit. Well, it, well, the thing is too though. I I mean it's also even in the confidence of the technology that it's right. moved so fast that yeah. they felt confident that they could pull off this episode. And like, look, don't get me wrong. There were parts where, yeah, he looks a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're starting, and you know, it, part of me is actually thinking about this like unca- unc- uncanny valley thing, where we've been so conditioned, like we know in our mind's eye what Mark Hamill looks like, right? What he should look like, and so seeing a character that we love so much articulating again and like mm-hmm. emoting and all of that stuff. It feels a little odd to me, even in, in its best parts, like it could be a stand in and I'd be like, yeah, that's kind of weird too. You know? Right. Um, 
but it was it was done it was done way better than it was before uh you know they hired um a guy by the name of Shamook who has an amazing YouTube channel where he takes like you know scenes from certain movies and basically deep fakes another actor's uh face in there uh to, he you know Disney apparently hired him to uh to do to do the work and and it paid off right um, it paid off tremendously so, but it but it's not even that like yeah Luke Skywalker great but the fact that we get to see you know a very hopeful Luke Skywalker who's still trying to find his way as a Jedi master uh training Grogu uh in the ways of the Force and some of the things that he he's doing there was was really great to see I, I know uh, Chris you and I text yeah at length about you know the the portrait like I guess the portrayal of the Luke. version of Luke. I mean, the I I personally I, I had said to you I was like you know I, I love the episode. Look, I'm not complaining about it, but like I to be honest with you, I prefer like grumpy old man Luke from the Last Jedi to this Luke. I don't know that I like Zen yoga instructor like Luke. Yeah. Um, yeah, where all, where he's just meditating most. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, I don't even know that it felt to me like it was true to the Luke that we see in Return of the Jedi either. Um, that okay. Luke seemed a lot less like sure of himself, only in the sense of like I, I felt like. He was, he, I don't think, well, and in fact, we, cause no, we do, talked about this, he didn't even fully believe he was a Jedi yet, right? At that right. point? Yeah. And, and it's, he has the exchange with Yoda, where he says you must defeat Vader, only then a Jedi will you be, or whatever the thing mm-hmm. is. And so it's like, but seeing him here, um, like, it's, it's jarring. I mean, it, this is obviously, you know, it's after that, I get it. But I, I just, I don't know, like, I... I just feel like, I mean, I guess there's just holes to fill in this story because it's like not where we leave off with him at the end of Return of the Jedi, right? Well, he's got a nice little smile on his face as he's looking at he his does, young, and young he, father. Yeah, and he sees some. He sees his father. He's confused because oh, he's like, wait a minute, goes. which who who's where did this guy come from? Yeah, um, you have hair and eyebrows. Yeah, and you're like thirty years younger. I thought my father was an old like. British actor. Raisin man. <laughs> so, but then, you know, like to see him here like this is, is weird because it's like, it's a version of Luke that we've never seen. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, th- to me, this is a little bit of, this is the fan service part clearly. Right. Oh, look, you know, obviously Luke had a, you know, a Jedi temple and, and I the, the, the coolest shit to me was like seeing this temple being built that looks very much like Octo and, yeah. Um. And and the old school Jedi temples and uh, and ultimately is the temple that we see in the Last Jedi burning. Right. Uh. F- I mean, all of all of the stitching there is great. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's a it's a version of Luke that I think people have in their head of like you know the the wise sage training you know full on into the Force and being the Jedi master he is and. Blah blah blah, but I agree with you, man. I think I think there's way more uh, dimension in in uh, you know uh, uh, green milk drinking Luke from the Last Jedi and the lessons that he teaches because he's got 
wisdom and 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 pain and and retrospect and all of those things that he passes to Ray, I think are phenomenal lessons. Yeah. Versus and I teaching someone how to use how to channel the I, force. I guess when I when I always pictured and again, there's more to this story, right? But when I based on what we saw in this episode, when I always kind of pictured Luke like as a Jedi master, you know, training people and stuff, like I always figured since you know, he learned from Obi-Wan and he learned from Yoda. Uh, like, they weren't, like, that zen. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, like, no, no. Yoda yeah, was no. kind of a, like, a, kind of a dick, <laughs> you know? He needed a sense of humor. Yeah. He needed, he needed a um, a perspective of the world that, like, shit is real. Yeah. And I've been through it. And, like... This Luke reminded me of, like, what Luke Skywalker <clears throat> would have been like in the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Where they're all kind of just sitting there at the temple, like, you know, legs crossed, like being all like, you know, and like a younger Yoda, like the way Yoda is portrayed. in the corner. Or even like Mace Windu, like he had Mace Windu's like, you know, like how Mace Windu was kind of like he spoke very much like this and like everybody was calm and everybody yeah. like that's kind of how I and that was just a little oh, except when he says this party's over. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just. It was interesting. Like I just don't think it was as interesting. Uh, Luke's for all the people that that didn't like the Last Jedi because they didn't like their that portrayal of Luke Skywalker. Like, I mean, I, I just don't know. I I found that, and I get that there's a progression, and I get that he gets to that point. So we, but but I, I feel like like it's like a night and day thing. Like this Zen Luke turning it's into not, that it's not the con- conflicted curmudgeon Luke. Yeah. Like it's like a real big difference. Like you don't even need you don't even see a hint of that here. And uh I just found him more interesting and complex like as a kind of a crotchety older guy in the yeah. last Jedi than what we saw here. Um but I mean, you know Ahsoka, whatever. Ahsoka has way more yeah, depth. Yeah. In that she you know, even in her interaction in her interaction with with Mando where he's like I thought you said you weren't going to train them, and she's like, "I'm not here to train them." Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, because she's just being like a, a regular, uh, you know, whatever she, you know, what I mean. Like she's just being like she's not all like into like she's not all like philosophical. She's just like, oh, whatever, you know. I don't. And that's yeah. It's also it's also interesting the 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 philosophies that they're. <clears throat> Sorry, I've got this horrendous post nasal thing. So if you yeah, I'm clearing my throat a lot, my bad, folks. Uh, but yeah, it, it, the the philosophical approach to being a Jedi here was was the thing that kind of struck me a little bit. Uh, the the whole thing about no attachment and right, like all of the stuff that uh, ultimately you know contributes to the fall of Anakin Skywalker, like hiding that. But I mean, I get the flip side of that. It was his attachment that actually drove him to the dark side, right? So, I, I don't know. It's it's uh, again super young, super fresh. Luke Skywalker needs to learn learn the ropes a little more and take his hard knocks. And uh, you know, we all know he does. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I was actually kind of struck struck by the the um, the lack of hindsight that's demonstrated in Luke Skywalker there kind of talking a little bit more about his, you know, his, his father, his legacy, doing things a little different, 
now or maybe not or maybe reinstating some of the new things i've got these old jedi te- whatever it is you know what i mean because i feel like at this point he's been searching the galaxy for jedi remnants right um and so he's learning all that there is to know about being a jedi since he's looking to restart it but um yeah it was kind of like eh, all right yeah we, i know where you're going with this um that being said i mean like i said it was cool it was yeah cool as hell it was definitely cool it was great you know um i loved again some of the <clears throat> the fan service moments of like he's got grogu on his back like he did with yoda yeah. and he's running through the forest and doing his flips and whatnot his acrobatic stuff um you know the droid the uh training droid that he brings out mm-hmm Right, that was cool. Yeah, that was, was really nice cool. Throwback. And Glo- yeah. and you know Grogu, um, kind of being Grogu. Right, so that was really good to see. It's really yeah, cool. and then he gives him the choice. Right? Yeah, that, that's very very uh, Shogun the, assassin. The uh, yeah, he gives him the choice of the armor, yeah. which was really more like um like a Studio Fifty Four, uh, like mesh. Like, cool, like, thing. It, when he was like, oh, it's just armor, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, here's your little Mithril shirt. Yeah, uh, or Yoda's lightsaber. Uh, yeah, which was which was interesting because, uh, also, I, I'm, I'm assuming Yoda reconstructed his lightsaber while he was on Dagobah. Probably had nothing else to do. Well, yeah, that, yeah. that or just poke, poke a stick around. But, uh, yeah, he loses his... Uh, his lightsaber in uh, yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Uh, but yeah, that was that was pretty. That was an interesting. Uh, I, I mean, I, I speculate that uh, it could be wrong. It could be Mephisto to the moment. You know, Ben Solo comes in and kills him right there on the spot. No, um, I, I think he goes back with Mando. It would make sense because yeah. I mean, so much of the identity of the the Mandalorian. I don't mean the character. I mean the show is you know, his relationship with Grogu. And in fact, I mean, everybody keeps referencing it, right? Every time he runs into somebody, they're like, where's the little guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but, oh, sorry to hear that. So, like, it's such a big part of the show. Like, I don't think you would keep him away right. for and a very long ship, time. The ship is hinting that they're coming back because he's got the enclosed pod where the droid used to be. Yeah. It should be a perfect spot for Grogu. I mean, I can just, like I said, I need that toy, like, yesterday. Right. Like, just a little Grogu's head. In the back part and Mando's hands <laughs> in the front part, like that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know that I need to have him, you know, be killed by Ben Solo. You know, in that yeah. whole massacre. I mean, you know, I don't know. None of us do, obviously. What what the future of Grogu is, um, and it may not matter, right? In the yeah. big scheme of I'm, things, I'm, you know, th- th- this is the thing to me. So this was great, and we said it. This was. This is amazing Star Wars. This is the best Star Wars has ever been, in my opinion. This is good stuff. Um, it always bums me out, though, uh, getting into a Skywalker. It I know really you, you wanted to. I know you were very excited to finally be able to like wash your hands of Skywalkers, yeah. and and now we're kind of thrust back into it. Although. You know, I mean, I, it's fun because it's new. It's it's new territory yeah. for Skywalker, mm-hmm. but it's a Skywalker, and and I yeah. get that you cannot have Star Wars without Skywalker. 
Well, you could, but I not mean, in this time but, period. Yeah, but you, you yeah. get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. there's so they're always it's a baggage. It's baggage for for this franchise, in my opinion. Because I'll be honest with you, if the Mandalorian had never introduced Luke Skywalker, I wouldn't have cared. Yep, another. I mean, it's it certainly added a dimension, and it it certainly makes sense if they're going to connect like Ahsoka and all this because he could play a role in that stuff too. But, um, but it it wouldn't have like you could have still told great Star Wars without. Oh, and they had they had up to that point as yeah. well. So yeah, you know, because I'm I'm more interested in <clears throat> the Mandalorian, the, the the like legacy of the Mandalorian sure. stuff with Bo-Katan and yeah, and like the different sects. Of Mandalorian, you know, be a Death Watch or whatever. I'm 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 invested in that stuff, and uh, and I I enjoy it because it has nothing to do with Jedi, right? And it, and it pulls us further away from this concept uh, that there are these people who use these magical powers, right? Because it's like if you've never seen it, you're not going to believe it, right? Uh, which is very much where Mando comes from, and and like you know the Jedi are almost spoken of as like these incredible legends and and it's only been a short period of time right like the armor is like oh you know there are these jedis and they use things called the force and he's yeah. like what you know dinjarin's like what are you talking about that's crazy um so i like i like that um because we get a little bit of that in the clone wars as well you know there's a lot of misinformation about the Jedi and, and that created a lot of distrust. So then you, you, you start to understand that in the rise and fall of the empire, that how and where, uh, the first order was able to fill that, that power vacuum. Right. Um, you know, I think the thing I'm not looking forward to is knowing that it was the emperor all along, you know, kind of still <laughs> flames in the background. Yeah. But. I well I know. So, I was just actually about to say or ask you how much of your like I don't want to say distaste but how much of this like mentality that you have where like I you want to just kind of free yourself of skywalkers has to do with the rise of skywalker and what they did with that yeah and how forced that whole thing felt from the title of mm-hmm. the movie to the line at the end yeah. and the whole thing with Palpatine and everything like like that now does that movie become like an unfortunate part of the legacy now that's going to hover over some of this stuff because like ultimately you know we're always going to know um you know kind of like how we're always going to know now we we it's hard for us to detach from like the origin of Darth Vader that they gave us right because right. now that's a thing um it's going to be hard for us to detach from the fact that like ultimately all of that the rise of the first order and and the whole thing was essentially just orchestrated by the emperor and we know how that ended and does that take something away from from a- aspects of the story that could have been really interesting or does yeah. it not I, <clears throat> I guess it depends right yeah I mean I think I think um the before they had introduced Luke Skywalker into the Mandalorian, that that burden or baggage what wasn't really there. Not nothing I thought of. It, I was intrigued by the start of the First Order and the rise of Snoke in that. Um, you know, I think I think part of it was be, was probably because. 
you know, I, I just wanted to know how how that could have happened. You know, you've got the the Jedi who are now newly established and and ultimately, you know, uh, Luke's nephew falls to the dark side. Uh, you know, for for probably because of you know whatever Palpatine was doing, but like for for me, I don't. It's not necessarily the rise of Skywalker that that kind of throws the ball and chain around the ankle of of these stories. It's it's more of like the familiarity of Skywalker and what that means and like where people's attention goes to. Like people are always going to care more about Luke Skywalker than they will about the Mandalorian in most cases. I feel like that's because it's like the hero that they all wanted more of and they need more of. But like Star Wars to me has always been bigger than, than Skywalker's, which is, which is why the ending of rise of Skywalker was such a blow to me because I thought Ryan Johnson did a great job of freeing the franchise from, from this idea of like supremacy and, Right, mighty Skywalker blood, and all and, you know, Luke says all of this stuff, and I thought that was a great moment. And even with Broom Boy, that's a great moment to say, like, yeah, there's a whole universe of force sensitive people that will or could have the potential to start restart, right? The you know, the Jedi or whatever they want to call it. The moment you throw Skywalker into the mix, it's like you just fall right in line with everything that came before it. And and you're kind of now you're stuck in this channel. Like granted, like Ray could do her own thing and be her, but she's always gonna be, you know. There's always gonna be a callback to that where it's like, you're gonna have a kid who, who, could have looked up to Ray, just Ray, and she references, you know, the great teaching she had in Leia in Luke and in some other, right. folk, you know what I mean? Like that to me fe- felt more in line with anyone could be yeah. the Jedi. Anyone could be the hero. Um, and that's not, and I'm not saying that, that, that the choice of using Skywalker diminishes that it just adds a, like, it, Oh, of course it yeah, does though. Sure. In a sense, because I thought, you know, what Ryan Johnson set up, well, in The Last Jedi, for me anyway, was this idea that, like, you know, ultimately Ray's parents didn't matter. And that was going to set her up yeah. as her own character. And and I feel like what The Rise of Skywalker did to her was essentially made her, like, a female Luke Skywalker. In yeah. that um, her story becomes very similar to his. You know, she's like this farm girl she's taken that, in. Do, yeah. right, that doesn't know much about her past and but she all of a sudden realizes she has these powers and then finds out that well your you know your lineage your family lineage is connected to a great you know sith yeah. lord and, or yeah. you know blah 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 so it's it's not the exact story obviously but it's too similar it's similar enough to where like her character becomes a lot less interesting because you're right i i thought that it was more interesting to have her just be this new character that was detached and and the idea like anybody could have the force and anybody could be force sensitive 
was a good idea because not every Jedi has been a Skywalker. You know what I mean? That's like, right. yeah. I mean, and you don't you don't need a you don't need a Skywalker to be a Jedi. Correct. Right. So, Except like, that in this the, in that sequel trilogy, where apparently you do. Right. Which, or a Palpatine. Or a, right, a Palpatine. Right. Of, right. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, too, you know, for what the Mandalorian was was doing and it's still still doing in a sense was you know it's it's kind of paying homage to this idea that anyone is 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 a could be a jedi so you've got this grogu character who is a force wielder and that that's a very powerful thing naturally he you know you need to pair him up with you you want to see that that power channeled and it was only a matter of time because of the time period that we're working in that skywalker would be a thing because he's the only other person that would make sense for for grogu you know to to continue to hone hone his skills right and like i was okay see that's the thing this i think this is part of it too is like i was good with the kind of like handing off the baton essentially grogu like here you go like go and be trained now we're kind of getting into the place where i'm like you're just setting up for the next story, which is going to be like a Luke Skywalker, the adventures of Luke Skywalker kind of thing. And I feel like we're going to get, we're going to get that. And I don't necessarily think we need it. Yeah, I would hope not. I mean, I, I am part of me hearing like, you know, not that, not that it's happening, but like there's obviously a desire for it. Well, of course. I mean, part of me, um, is almost not, too upset that Luke wasn't super interesting in this right. episode because it's not his show. And I, I don't not want, yet. I wouldn't want his presence to overshadow what is a, a good story. And, and especially for the Mandalorian, a lot mm. of stories still left to tell that's fascinating and interesting and fresh and new and exciting. Mm. And, you know, I'm hoping that it, it you know, they're going to go in a similar direction of like like Star Wars Rebels, right? Where we saw some of the iconic characters, right, pop right. up in that show. But they weren't, it wasn't their story. Right. That show still had its story and its main characters. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. hoping that that's the direction that these shows take. Where it's like, okay, you'll see some things, you know, you'll see some hints to... But, but ultimately, it's still going to be about these characters. And I think that's what's going to happen. Right. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hope so. I hope so. But, you know, you no, do I have mean, that I, generation, the people that just does not like as much as you're like, I want Star Wars to be any other things other yeah. than like about. The no, they, it, there is. Trust me, I'm about to, I'm probably about to get onto a podcast with one of them on Thursday. Yeah. The people that are just like, no, Star Wars is the Skywalkers. Yeah. And that's what it's about. And that's what it should always be about. And and it really just gets down to that debate over like. Do you want the more expansive world of Star Wars or do you want just what the movies gave you? And and again, there's different people, right? So like, yeah. you know, if you're someone who read the books, if you're someone who watched the animated series, played the video, whatever, like you've seen a lot more of the universe, right. whereas most people have seen the movies and that's what they know. And the movies yeah, and, have and been I've Skywalker. All other, all other media as well, with the exception of like what they've been doing. I haven't gotten into into anything related to the High Republic stuff that's right. out there, which I hear is really great. But, um, <clears throat> because it's right for all of the non non Skywalker stuff, um, 
but yeah, I um, I agree. I mean, I think there are, there are people who just need, who who want it, who need it, who crave it, who you know fantasize over it. And uh, Star Wars is way bigger than that. Star Wars is so much bigger than that. And I'm glad that shows like The Mandalorian, hopefully Ahsoka, you know, The Clone Wars, The Bad Batch, those kind of things have given us some really really good fodder for stories that kind of push push the universe even further right i mean i've said it so many times about one of the things i i really appreciate about these these disney plus shows is that a lot of the background characters that we've seen are, are getting like full-fledged like kind of development treatments you know things like the tuscan raiders and and even the jawas and all of that stuff and you know we're kind of living in a world that we've only kind of passed through yep and we're getting to really really feel it like you know Cobb vanth kind of <clears throat> Uh, being the sheriff of Freetown and yeah. then, you know, Cad Bean coming in there. Like that's that's some really cool stuff because now we're getting really into some of those the tropes that were found that, that you know Star Wars was founded on. Right. Um you know, so like one you know one part of this episode was Western. The other part yep. was very I wouldn't even say like Kurosawa type stuff. It was more like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon vibes. You know, with them like kind of climbing up the bamboo trees and like, yeah. having <laughs> having those kinds of those moments, but uh, I mean, obviously they've set up the force, right? It's almost like it's a hybrid of like religion and martial art. Yeah, you know, because it's like the discipline and the training and all that stuff is. It's really is a, a cross yeah, between it's a the two. It, it, you know, this idea of like being able to push your body. Push your body. Yeah, free yourself and, of you know yeah, all the, you yeah. know all that stuff and yeah. And that, and that's that's cool. Um, you know, I uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm like I'm I'm good with it because it's again it's it's, it's good Star Wars and it's sure. uh, it is the the icing on the cake with some sprinkles and stuff like that and, and it's all good. Yeah. Um, sometimes the icing can be a little too thick. And that's what I'm. That's where I start getting a little nervous when I'm like, I want us to focus. I'm like, I, you know, and I think it's ironic that the that Star Wars' biggest background character is now in the, is now the background of his own show. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is so, which is like odd to me. Yeah, it really is. And from a narrative perspective, like I have no idea what was happening in that writers' room. Um. Well, I think what was happening is that they they decided that they were going to create like a shared universe within the universe and and their intention I think I mean I wasn't there. I'd love to can't wait to see the making the of and the behind is, yeah. the scenes yeah on this stuff because it was like you know this is going to be Mandalorian 2.5 season 2.5 or it's going to be one big story whatever the the mentality is and and we'll see how this ends. Yeah, and where we're at, like at the end of this, but uh, I mean, there's some some big things, some big some 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 mighty rivers that need to be crossed here. Uh, we need a decision from Grogu because now we're invested in that, and they better not leave us on that cliffhanger, right? Um, you know, obviously, Mando is is with uh, with Boba, uh, and they're planning their uh, assault on the Pikes. Uh, Cad Bane is in there now, so that that throws a, a right. crazy monkey wrench. And there's motivation there for, right. for the Mandalorian and, and 
and and with Boba Fett and Boba Fett. Yep. You know, so uh, and I mean, you got all the stuff with. So now, the, the as long as they don't do this, okay. The one thing I don't want is I I, I don't want in Mandalorian season three. I don't want two episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. I'm going to tell you this right now. Like, don't don't give me two episodes in the middle of that season where it's just Boba Fett doing stuff. Yeah. Because no, there is way too much that you've built around the Mandalorian. Like if you want to have Boba Fett in the show, fine. Yeah. You know, but like, no, I don't I don't need give me I want all Mandalorian centric episodes in Mandalorian yeah. season three. Yeah, agreed. I mean he's got like and he's gotta get he's gotta get to Mandalore. Right. Right? Yeah. Um Yeah, so I mean there's you know there's a there's a lot of stuff he's got to you know he's got to square up with uh, with Bo-Katan. Uh, there's a whole thing with a dark saber. Like there's a lot yeah, of stuff. I'm there's gonna a have whole to shit. and and you know there's there's the rise of the first order, which right is you know part of part of this story. Right. Um, yeah. At least you know, somewhat. You know they would not have teased. I mean, let's let's also remember that the whole point of. Uh, the the empire um getting grogu was to get his blood right and right to and so here's the funny thing now i just thought about this so the emperor is out to get the emperor because that's who it is right essentially yeah trying to get the blood of grogu why not just get the blood of uh skywalker i don't know man. oh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, because they they decided five minutes ago that that's the, they were going to make this all yeah, about the emperor sorry. and his plot. I mean, they weren't you thinking know. about that. It no, was supposed to be I'll tell you right now, Dave Filoni wasn't the one thinking about that. No, nope. that was J.J. Abrams, and yeah. you know, I mean, because Filoni is very meticulous about how he crafts and weaves this stuff and and incorporates stuff and stuff like that. So there's no way he was going to make the decision that they made in the Rise of Skywalker yeah. and try to. You know, retroactively uh, make that a thing, even though there's you could shoot holes through it left and right, and it, it didn't make sense, and it took away from what should have been. See, the the sh- what should have been the big bad of that trilogy was Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, and he wasn't. The big bad of that trilogy becomes Palpatine, and Kylo. It turns into a a Kylo Ren redemption arc that was unearned and that wasn't exciting. Uh, and you know what? It, it may have been earned a little bit if they had followed along with the Last Jedi, because you did have that brief moment, right, where he and Rey are fighting together. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. But Kylo Ren should have been the the villain of that, and they didn't have the guts oh, to yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, and they they just decided, oh God, I mean, anyway. So Palpatine I mean, winds up being the a, big bad of that trilogy. Waste. It really is a waste because if we, when you think about the. Uh... The scene where you know Luke Luke Skywalker pops up with air quotes, you know, but he's like projecting himself, and Kylo sees him and he just is enraged, and he's like, "I'm going, you know, kill yeah. him, shoot him more, you know, I'm coming down there," and the uh, the face that he makes when he disappears and realizes I was not, I was fighting a freaking ghost. Yes. And then he picks up the the dice and he like falls to his knees like that to me, man. That's like 
yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. Next, next movie. This that's how I left. Unhinged. Yeah, that's how I left the theater after that. I was like, oh, well, he's finally now the big bad. Snoke is out of the way. I mean, his face was like contorting. And yeah. And like vein, like dark veins yeah. and shit. Like he was, he was, you yes. know, the dark side incarnate coming out of his body. Right. Um, and it, it's true with, uh, to oh, the. I'm going on a quest to go find out about Palpatine. Right. And it was true to the concept of the character that would have annihilated the Jedi trainees. You know what I mean? Like, like that person that was so full of rage and yeah. so full of hate should have stayed a big bad and not. Oh, I'm gonna go now. I gotta go to find Palpatine, and now I gotta go. And now, oh, now just in the drop of a, a hat, I'm just gonna be good now, and I'm gonna yeah. kiss Ray because that's a thing now. And like, that's it. I mean, just yeah. like, damn, like. <sighs> it's a. It was. It was a. Yeah. I mean, we're that's not a miss. Get into it. it is a huge letdown for me. I mean, yes. I, I even think the way JJ had set him up, that that was the only. Not that it, obviously it's not the only way it could have gone because it went very differently, but yeah, that was kind of like the setup. Like when he gets sh- shot in the stomach and blaster ball, he's punching himself. Yeah, you know, like he wants to feel that pain. Yeah, like that that masochistic stuff. Yeah. Like that's some sick shit. Yeah, and you know, and people are gonna sit there and say, well, you know, why do you still care about it? It happened. It's so. I'll tell you why I still care about it. Wasted talent. I've well, seen a Bronx Tale. <laughs> <laughs> that and also, if we are going to start to see the rise of the First Order over the course of these Disney Plus shows, I got to be honest with you. I'm not that interested in the rise of the First Order anymore because yeah. I now know what the First Order was, and it was a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, and I, I, you know what I mean. Like it, it, the first order just isn't that interesting anymore to me. Yeah, because I know how it goes. I know how it ends. It was never about the first order. It was always about Palpatine, and it was just right. it was a pawn. It was just a, a way to get Palpatine it back was a to power. Right. It was, and so it's like I almost feel like nothing that happens from the moment that uh, Vader dumps the Emperor down that chute there in Return of the Jedi. Until like like none of that even matters that much because it's like what's the point? Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It was so they just retconned way too much. Yeah. And that's why it matters. So it's not just about being bitter about like one movie and a decision that they made. It's because of how the seismic the, shift the now repercussions. That, yes. That the decisions had exactly yeah. on, the, on the lasting universe. I mean, th- this is the thing. For for me, when I when I watch these shows, and this what gets me really excited is that like. We're on a different path, right? Like we're not only watching, we're not, we're not experiencing Star Wars through the lens. And I've said this so many times that I just felt like a broken record. But we're not, we're not experiencing Star Wars through the lens of a family, where there's a vendetta between this family and that family, and right. blah blah blah. Like no, we're, you know, we're watching, we're experiencing Star Wars now through a different character, who who knows nothing about the world that we are familiar with. And he's being introduced to it now. Th- this the problem is that when you throw in those the things that we cherish about our part, that part of the universe that we are we've been so familiar with, you get distracted again. Right. And and that that's my that's my concern about the, yeah. the whole Skywalker thing. And like, and I hope that it's not. We don't get back to. <clears throat> we don't. 
get to a place where we were last season where ultimately Luke Skywalker saves the day. I don't want that. Right. I don't I don't want that. Like this is not and, to your point, it's not his show, but when it's like the Superman effect, like when you've got a, a, a being that's so powerful, like now you kind of expect him to be in the places where like shit's going down. He, right. he has to pop up. Well, that's that whole. That he's gonna pop up. That's the whole like the, in the MCU thing where people are like, well, how come Thor yeah. doesn't show up, you know, right. to help out, right. or how come? Yeah, you don't want that necessarily. You know, the other thing too is with Star Wars is like there have always been elements of Star Wars and and locations and stuff that have been incredibly interesting. Right yep. throughout the course of the the original trilogy, that you know we wo- I always at least wanted to see more of like Moss Eisley, right? That's yeah. memorable in the first movie, and it has nothing to do with it's just because it's memorable because of what it is. It's just this bar that like these derelicts are in, right? And there's right. colorful characters and all that stuff. And I was always like, that's a side of Star Wars I'd love to see more about. Cloud City, right? In Empire Strikes Back, interesting stuff. Um. Uh, Jabba's lair, right, in Return of the Jedi. I mean, like, these are things, these are parts of the, the that we didn't get to see a lot of. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now we have a chance to, and I, I want to see that. I want to, because yeah. they had interesting people there and interesting things going on that's very different. I mean, one of the things that I love about, one of the best things that they ever did with Star Trek Discovery was they they've got away from the prequel aspect of it and they sent them way into the future. Right. right, and this past season so far, these last couple of seasons really have been really fun because they're so they're no longer tied to Kirk to having to right to deal with the you know the, the continuity and and the, the act the fact that they were a prequel right yeah we don't have to, they don't have to deal with it they're free to now become their own characters they're free to to, to have it, it's almost like you you have a you know a blank canvas now. Like you can right. do whatever you want with them. They, even the way they did, like the Federation is like in tatters and, and is gone. Like so, like they're rebuilding that. So now it's like they don't even need to necessarily even adhere to the old rules and stuff like that. Right. Like that was a tremendous thing. It's one of the things that when they did Star Trek Voyager, I felt like one of the the biggest mistake that they made was that they had this really interesting premise in the first episode, and by the end of that first episode, they shit all over it. They pulled like a J.J. Abrams, basically, and mm-hmm. it just became a regular like it was supposed to be a show about, you know, they're lost, basically. Right. Then they're trying to get back home and they're mm-hmm. so far out in the galaxy like, they, you know, and it was like this team of, you know, you had Federation uh, a federation crew and then you had this group of like the Maquis which was like these rebels right that were going against the fed they were like pirates essentially and like they were going to be on the ship too and like the idea of that conflict was going to be fascinating it was going to be different and then they make all these Maquis people just like honorary Starfleet officers and at the end of the first episode and it just becomes a regular ship show Mm. No conflict, nothing like that whole the whole idea that these people were enemies earlier, like and they just wasted the whole concept of that show. So that's why like what they're I, I just get away from don't be afraid to tell these different stories, you know, within your universe, because we've seen so many of these same stories all over again. Yeah. You know, and, and hopefully that's that's the direction that they go into. So, 
we'll see. We got one more episode left, and we'll yeah, see and I mean, what... Jamar Morrison is saying that uh, it's it's out of this world crazy. Uh, which it probably wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, um, and you could argue that it's out of this world crazy that he hasn't been in his own show <laughs> in the last two episodes. So I guess it depends on what you mean by yeah, what you mean by crazy. Uh, although, did you see his thing about? Wanting to meet up with Mace Windu. Very possible. Saying that uh, very possible. He owes I him mean, a debt. Never, yeah, he owes him. He owes him one, right, for taking his dad's head off. Um, very possible because we never really see. It's assumed that he dies. Right. Um, but uh, I mean, he hasn't I mean, popped up in anything. No, no, since. he has not. And, uh, I mean, they've resurrected a couple of characters before. So. They have. I mean, Maul's... I mean, listen, if you could resurrect Darth Maul who got cut in half... Gotten cut, cut in half and fell down a shaft. Yeah. They, they can resurrect... They uh, resurrected Boba Fett. They resurrected... Well... Palpatine. I, technically Palpatine, right? Why not? I mean, it's Palpatine. I mean, you know. Yeah. Palpatine. So... So, sure. Definitely yeah. could do that. Yeah. All right. So... We'll have fun next week talking about talking about that. Uh, and I guess for now... Oh, by the way, um, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the Spider-Man No Way Home box office, but it, it looks like now it's almost guaranteed to, to not only beat Avatar, but it has an outside chance to get close to $800 million domestic. Wow, domestic. Be- yeah, because it, right now they're saying it could finish anywhere between 780 and $790 million. Because it's, I mean, it's dropping like it only dropped another like thirteen percent or something like that this week. Like yeah. it did nine point six million. It's not, it's not dropping much. <clears throat> um, so, and they're it's thinking funny, that I'm, I'm, I'm taking off Thursday, Friday, and I am tempted to go to the theaters. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, they said like this coming weekend, which is Super Bowl weekend, tends to not be great for movies. Mm-hmm. But the following weekend, which is President's Day weekend, tends to see a big bump. Right. So they're thinking that by then, you know, this thing may right now I think it's sitting at like it's gonna be about seven hundred fifty it's seven hundred forty nine million now, seven hundred fifty they're thinking by the end by this weekend coming, like by Friday. So yeah, so I mean it could be getting close to passing Avatar by, you know, the middle of next week or or by next week, you know, not this coming weekend, the weekend after. Uh which is nuts wow. to think about. And it's closing in on a, a $1.8 billion worldwide. Wow. Which is just also insanity. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just unbelievable. And uh, what didn't do well, though, right, was uh, our buddy Roland Emmerich's Moonfall. So Roland Emmerich was mm. shooting his mouth off, right? I saw you. you were you oh, the yeah. one who tweeted out about that? Sure did. That he, I don't even remember what he said. It was something about, like, Superhero was it Marvel or superhero films in he, general? You know, he basically said Marvel, DC, Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars too, right? Yeah, yeah. We're basically killing filmmakers' abilities to be creative. Something along those lines. Yeah, uh, or, let me see if I. Uh, he says. Ah. <sighs> uh, he says, uh, Marvel and DC Comics and stories have pretty much taken over. It's ruining our industry a little bit because nobody does anything original anymore. Yeah. 
this is this that is a oof, coming from the, the man who has made Independence <clears throat> Day the day after tomorrow, uh, and of course my all time favorite Godzilla nineteen ninety eight <laughs> and Moonfall, which is his newest film, which is so original because it's another disaster film and it tanked. Yeah, you know why Roland Emmerich maybe needs to go away. I think it's he's another one of these guys. I mean, this he spent like a hundred and fifty million. This movie, I believe, I read is the most expensive like independent production ever. Yeah, it costs like a hundred and fifty million dollars or something like that, and <sighs> and it it took in ten million dollars in its opening weekend domestically at the box office. So, hmm. um, yeah, I mean, when I think original, I certainly don't think of Roland Emmerich. So I'm I'm not yeah. upset that his movie. I mean, he's made some good movies, some not not recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is the disaster director. Yeah, I mean, like I, I mean, everyone knows that he makes those disaster films, and he just made another one. I, I think I think the world has is kind of tired of seeing itself blow up over and over again, or some, you know, natural disaster about to level humanity only for. You know, a brave two or three people saving us. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, you know, <clears throat> looking through his um, his filmography here, you know, Universal Soldier. Great. Love that movie. Stargate. Love that movie. Independence Day. Love that movie. You love Independence Day, really? I do. Uh, I do. Okay. Godzilla. Hot garbage. Not at all. I mean, The Patriot. Great movie. The Day After Tomorrow. Horrendous. 10,000 BC. Skipped it. I remember that movie. 2012. Never saw it. Something called Anonymous, which apparently is a period film. Mm. White House Down. Don't even know what that is. Stonewall. Independence Day Resurgence. Didn't see it. Because that's original. Midway, that original war movie, because we've never had war movies before. Mm-hmm. And Moonfall, another science fiction disaster film. Yeah. And disaster literally and figuratively. Because it's a disaster at the box office. Um, I mean, Star Wars is... Re- I'm like, it's... <sighs> First of all, I don't know what D- the DC thing is because, like, you talk about people just throwing properties out there because it's like, I mean, DC properties have been, they've been making D- movies about DC properties for, you know, since the 70s. Yeah. And, you know, the Marvel thing, okay, I get. Oh, you don't, you don't count uh, Batman the movie? Oh, well, right. Technically, <laughs> I mean, the 60s, right. Um, but yeah, like, well, I mean, tech really going back even before that, right, yeah. to the film serials and stuff like that. Yeah. But talking about the big budget, you know, superhero epic movie, uh, you know, and and we have Star Wars. I mean, really, Star Wars came out in nineteen seventy seven. It's been a franchise forever now. Like, yeah. we didn't just and and there have been decades that have gone by without Star Wars. Like, what is like really? That's what you're going to pick out? Star Wars is what's made people less original. Star Wars yeah, was pretty, original. It's funny. I think I think some of these directors. Um, it's a guy who made a movie called Stargate. <clears throat> yeah, 
Yeah. And I get it. I like Stargate more the TV shows than the movie, but like, I mean, seriously, like if Star Wars isn't a thing, Stargate isn't going to be a thing either, even though it's not really the same thing, but that owes more probably to Star Trek than anything else. But it's not original is my point. I think, I think the issue that these, these directors are taking is not, not necessarily with the creativity that, uh, that these movies are sucking or taking away from. It's more of the cultural conversation. It's like you can't – you're never going to break through in the cultural zeitgeist with a film like Moonfall when all people are talking about is The Mandalorian. Well, you're never – well, but – You know what I mean? You're but not you going to break through saying, in like, the cultural like, zeitgeist if you make <clears throat> Moonfall because it sucks. Well, I mean, yes. You and have, it's you not – and like here's the other thing. It's not original. You want to yeah. break through the cultural zeitgeist when people are talking about The Mandalorian – do something original. There have been plenty of hit movies that have come out that have not been Marvel, that have not been DC, yeah. that have not been Star Wars, you know, that have been original. And yeah. just do that. But here's the thing. Maybe if you keep doing crappy sci-fi disaster films over and over again, then yeah, it's not going to break through. I, like The weird thing is just like who the source is. Like It's one thing when it's Martin Scorsese. Right. Or Steven Spielberg saying that because they're like you know auteurs, <laughs> but Roland Emmerich, the guy's yeah. a hack. He's Michael Bay. <laughs> it's like if that's like Michael Bay coming out and saying, you know, uh, damn it, these, uh, these Marvels killing originality. Like, yeah, I don't know why we need to have more than three films in a franchise. Says the dude who's like, you know, cranked out Transformer films. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, well, anyway. Yeah, Rolling roll Emmerich, whatever. So, uh, anyway. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about this Batman thing. I know you were having a, uh, you got into it on Twitter with some people because the, the reported budget for the Batman is $100 million, which obviously for a, a modern day superhero film, especially one that's nearly three hours long, um, <laughs> you know, that's not a lot of money. <clears throat> um, but... Like yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the the argument was that oh, I'm not, it's not worth seeing because it's not they haven't invested enough money in it, and I'm like, eh, that's that is such a very short stick to measure a film against uh, when you when you look at films like Deadpool, right? Um, I mean, I listed a whole bunch that were, and of course they're all escaping right now, but. Um, I listed out a whole bunch that that were made for under a hundred million dollars and are critically acclaimed and great films. Well, I mean, even look at Venom, yeah. right? Like Venom with for, for like those budgets, are like a hundred million, a hundred ten million, and and granted, they're shorter than three. But like with all the CGI, right? You would think that that would, you know, jack up the budget a lot. Um, and it doesn't, those movies didn't have the cast that this movie has, right? you know, so I, like, I don't really, you know, this is where fans start to get like over, get crazy because like they start to get involved in conversations with stuff like that. They don't understand the context for, mm -hmm. so they start throwing numbers around. Like I see this a lot, like in pro wrestling circles where people start throwing around like ratings numbers and stuff that, and they have no idea what they mean. They have no idea what the context of it is. They have no idea what the importance of it is, but they just see it and it becomes a thing that they use against the enemy. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, 
you know, it's not what how much money the movie costs. It's what you did with the money. Now, I could totally see a movie like this that's going to be more grounded. Yeah. Certainly you could do it for $100 million. You know, I mean, th- this is not, maybe this isn't going to be a huge CGI spectacle. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's not a huge action spectacle. I have a hunch it isn't. <laughs> so, you know, let's see what the the movie is first. And then let's determine whether, you know, it was money well spent or not. Um, I just don't think the budget tells you anything about the movie other than maybe that. Yeah. Maybe this is going to be a lot more grounded yep. and a lot more personal, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm fine with that. So oh, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. As long as you know, a hundred million dollars is not, yeah. that's also not cheap. I mean, um, I get, look, but, there's a segment of the fan base that just doesn't want this movie to succeed. Yeah. They don't want yeah, this movie 100%. to be good. They want they Ben Affleck. To be, they want Ben Affleck in a, in a, in a comic accurate suit, you know, that looks like something out of the Dark Knight Returns. And that's what they want. And they want it to be big and loud, you know, like, like, uh, BVS and Man of Steel. And, and look, we saw what those movies did. So uh, enough, just, I, I I don't even want to, I'm tired of having that conversation at this point. Um, just go watch those movies. If that's what you're into, you got enough of them. Now you got a little trilogy you could watch ties together. It's nice. Go watch that. Um, just, you know, it doesn't, doesn't even make sense. I don't know why, but you know, it is what it is anyway. Yeah. Uh, so on the TV side, um, I watched uh, Reacher this weekend mm. on Amazon Prime, and I really liked it. Uh, this movie, you know, this show was kind of really like right in my wheelhouse, right? Okay. So it had mystery, suspense, small town corruption, big fan of that. Uh, you know, action, a badass hero, you know, good cast, good acting, characters I actually cared about. Um, you know, I... Have you ever seen the the movies, the Jack Reacher movies with Tom Cruise? I only saw the first one. Yeah, well, the first one's better than the second one, but you know, I had never read the books, right? And I didn't know much about the Jack Reacher character mm-hmm. when I watched the first movie, and I thought the first movie was pretty good. Yeah, so did I. Um, but there was a huge controversy when they cast Tom Cruise because you know, in the books, the character is supposed to be six five, like in a Hulk. Mm. You know, and and that's a big part of his character and who he is. Uh, and obviously, Tom Cruise is like five seven and not a Hulk. No. Uh, and uh, so that was a big controversy for, for like book readers. But now, having watched this show, I could totally see where that's how important the physicality of the character is because it, it really is a big part of of who he is. Like right. his identity is that he's this huge hulking guy um, who actually has like a brain too. And, and is, you know, tech. so I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Uh, it's eight episodes. They'd already got renewed for season two. Uh, this, this first season told the story of the, basically it's the first book in the series. Mm. So it's a self-contained story. Uh, and I don't know what they're going to do for season two, but that's going to happen. Um, so yeah, so I, I would definitely recommend that if you're into like guy goes into a small town, gets caught up in a 
thing and corruption and there's mystery and a murder mystery and all that stuff and with some mm. pretty cool action and badassery. Uh, yeah, I definitely check that out. Cool. Yeah. I have been actually catching up on Superman and Lois. Okay. First season. <laughs> oh, first season. Yeah, first season. For some reason, the whole show just fell off my radar. Um, yeah, it was funny because the other day I was looking <clears throat> looking uh, for an old tweet of mine that I could resurface. Because I caught a lot of shit for saying that I, I thought <clears throat> Tyler Hoechlin was a great Superman. Um. Why that's glad a... I was I glad I, I'm glad I was right. Yeah. Tyler Hoechlin is a phenomenal Superman. Yes. He really is. Yeah. And if I could see him on the big screen, I'd pay money for it. Yeah, he, he looks the part. He, he's a good actor. Yeah. Uh, he's got a it's just a I it's a good portrayal of Superman. And again, 100%. we can go back and forth with this and you know what people want Superman to be and not to be, but like it's just a preference thing. But that's his what he's doing with Superman. It's my preference for what I like Superman yeah. to be. And right? it's different. And it's different. Well, yeah, I mean, it's different because they're telling a, a different story, right? Sure. Than what we've seen before. We've seen it in the comics or versions of it anyway. But yeah. it's different than anything we've seen. And yeah, like I just, I like my Superman to, you know, I like that idea of like him being like this heartfelt family guy or guy who yeah. cares about people and stuff like that. And, um, it's just a, yeah, it's a, it's a good show. I mean, I, I have, I enjoy it. Just I, started, I know season two is off to the races. Yeah. And I've just started getting into season two. I need to. That's kind of why I was like, I saw people talking about it and I was like, Oh, I got to finish the first season. Yeah. I will say though, first season is a little long in the tooth. Well, that's the problem with the, being on the CW, CW you have like, too many you episodes. So many episodes, and then you got to have those. Now, if you're watching it like week to week, you get those. They go on like hiatus, and yeah. you get those breaks yeah. and stuff. And that's why I waited for this season. I was like, I'm just gonna kind of watch it when it's all on HBO Max. Yeah, because I don't want to <clears> have to deal with getting invested. And in, what happens is, I that's how I get sidetracked. When yeah. those shows go on those long breaks. Then I, no, I then have you trouble. All about get, it. Yeah, I have trouble getting I mean, back into it. That's exactly what happened to me. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I was like, oh, I was watching it week to week, and then all of a sudden, I was like, they went on a huge hiatus because you know, <clears throat> COVID, and uh, and then I was like, ah, I don't, never picked it back up. But uh, yeah, that's kind of that's what I'm watching there, and then I'm also uh, on the uh, about to finish off part one of Ozark, which is its final season. Uh, so yeah, it's fun. Yeah, did Ozark you see? Uh, I actually just saw this. Chris Miller um, says that in uh, Across the Spider Verse Part One, uh, each dimension that we visit is in a different art style, and that is like nothing you've ever seen before. It's really mind-boggling and stupendous. I mean, we've already seen that. Yeah, but yeah, that, I mean, that makes total sense. Uh, Actually, I think Spider Gwen was like the same style as Miles, but but obviously, uh, uh, Spider Ham was a different style. Well, but I, but I think the universes them. So we're going to start to see, I guess, more of the universes. Universes, and yeah. they're going to have a totally different vibe, which is cool. That's cool. Did you see the? Um, I, I well, but before you say that for a second, I was, I know that this movie's going to be bananas 
bananas. Yeah. So I uh, I got Brian Michael Bendis is finally doing a signing, <laughs> and I had to break out my Ultimate Fallout Four yep. book and get that signed, and then uh, I had to make sure that I had a copy of the first appearance of Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Of course, and I got it. Bazinga. Yeah. So go ahead, I'm sorry. Are you gonna get your Madam Web? I saw, you know, I comments. saw that dude, and that does not make me happy. Well, so here's the thing. One, like, and it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know because that it's I, Sony. Well, that, and I, I'm not the biggest Dakota Johnson. Oh fan. my god, hell no. Um, no. Ugh. Apparently, <laughs> ugh. you you less so than me. Ugh. But okay. Um, I mean, dude, were you dragged to see Fifty Shades of no, Grey? No, hell no. I was. Oh, sorry to hear Ugh. that. No. Ugh. Yeah. And then listen, just be, it's not so Ugh. much about the... Wow. It's not so much about the movie, because look, I mean, Robert Pattinson did those Twilight movies, and he's actually a good Truth. actor, Truth. right? So you can, you can... But I'm just not a fan. I don't... She, to me, she's just not charismatic and not interesting. And look, I could be wrong, but I don't even know that I'm super excited about the idea of Madam Web. Like, this is where, like, we get crazy with this Sony Spider-Verse. It's like, I, I mean, am I, I'm, am I expected to care about all of these characters? Like, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they are like, oh, you know, we really can't be doing much with a Spider-Man, so we're going to do, like, what Marvel did with their B characters, except we're going to do them with our Z characters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh, There's, I mean, Craven, Craven the Hunter is supposedly going to be filming soon. I guess, sure. What? I mean, I, you know... What? I, uh... Really? Yeah. No Spider-Man. What? I mean, there's... A, look, after what we just got, right, with No Way Home... Like, it's going to be hard to get me excited about Madam Web and all this I mean, other stuff. I mean, the movies could be good. Maybe they will. Sure. I don't know. But it, that's not even that's not even the thing for me. It was the fact that, like, <coughs> I walked out of Spider-Man, let there be carnage. Like, why did I waste my Venom, money? What? This was like you introduced a character for nothing. Yeah, that movie. I I just feel that's like that. Like that's the thing. So the Sony part is like there. That movie had like, and it made money, so good for them. But it had the like cash grab. Like let's just yeah. throw something out there. Can't get that time back. I mean, it wasn't a lot of time, thankfully. Yeah, well, you know, tr- true. I mean, it was as long as a slasher movie from the eighties. True, you know, but uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I just thought that was was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, so I, people were like excited about it. I was like, all right, do you even know why you're excited about Madam Web? Well, I mean, she was in, she was a great part of the uh, obviously the animated show. Yeah, but like that's a cool version. Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, but but also yeah. part of a bigger, much bigger story. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, they're going all in on the Spider Verse. I guess so. All in. I've seen rumors that uh, now they're starting to say like, "Oh, John Bernthal may be back as the Punisher in the MCU," and that's going to be that to me. John Bernthal's Punisher character, yeah, is like I, he's he's dope. I loved I loved it. Yes, season two, eh, but like it was still. I mean, just you know, John Bernthal is amazing. Yes, 
but like <laughs> the MCU, that's like, oh shit, are you guys ready to take on that stuff? Because he was brutal. And well, I, I mean, it's not confirmed, like but that. you know, everyone's just assuming. But yeah, and, but then again, I mean, Charlie Cox is in, is official to the MCU, and, yes, and he was brutal, but not right. not not Frank Castle brutal. Well, no, because inherently the characters are, you know, yeah, you're not smashing people's brutal. faces with uh, a right. forty-five weight plate, right? Uh, you, you 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 remember that episode, right? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I mean, it's fascinating. The, the Punisher <laughs> is such a cool character, but uh like I mean, obviously we you know it has a shockingly a long history, right? I mean, you had the the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie, which is what it is. I mean, I I hold that as a guilty pleasure, yeah, because I I feel like while it's it's not a good Punisher movie necessarily, it's a fun '80s like action movie, yeah, uh, with Louis Gossett Jr. in it, who at the time was doing like the Michael Caine, where he was just taking any role apparently, yeah, yeah didn't yeah. matter, um. And then you had the Thomas Jane Punisher, which which I know people really like. I have so many issues with that movie, not because of Thomas Jane. He's fine, and I'm a fan of his in general, but because of the fact that they, they tried to do an adaptation of Welcome Back, Frank, which is one of not just my favorite Punisher story ever. It's one of my favorite comic book stories ever because yeah. Garth Ennis wrote it, who's my favorite comic book writer ever. Um. And uh, it's such an amazing story. And there was no... Like, with, with Garth and his stuff, and the same thing happened with The Preacher Show, like, you have to go all in or just don't bother. Mm-hmm. Because it's so over the top. It's so vivid and weird. It's almost like I, I would prefer, like, a like a James Gunn type right. to handle his stuff. Because, like, it's that wacky. Um, But but it was, you know, at least it was... And, and John Travolta was terrible. <sighs> Yeah, as the and then you had Punisher Warzone, which is a fascinating <laughs> movie because you know what I I love the sheer audacity of that movie. That 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 movie is bonkers. Yeah, and I I, I applaud Lexi Alexander for just what she tried to do with it, and I couldn't believe some of the things that were happening in it. I don't, I'm not just gonna say it's a great movie. And Ray Steve Ray Stevenson was that the guy? Yeah, Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson. Was it uh, what's his name? Uh, Monahan. What's the guy's name? Oh, uh, that, yeah, who played um, Jigsaw? Jigsaw. Yeah. Ooh, that creepy yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean that movie is fun. If you haven't seen it, you could probably get it for like a dollar fifty now. I own that movie. I do too. Yeah, <laughs> because it's just so crazy, crazy and over the top. I mean the the. The version of the the Punisher, I like Ray Stevenson in the role, but they, they, his character has is no depth at all, obviously, no, to him. He's just a machine, right? But but the Burnthal version, you know, obviously did give you some depth. It was cool, like it was one of the better versions. But I would love to see that version of the character in a more over the top like story. Mm. You know, like uh, not the the Netflix stories that they did some of that that yeah, stuff was I mean, good was, but like there was uh like i want to see an all-out punter where he's going after the mob you know like and he's just a revenge story like stuff like that like that's what i kind of want to or he's going after superheroes or whatever he's doing i want to see something like that right with right. that with bernthal's punisher yeah bernthal's punisher is just oof. you know because he's got enough of that the he's you know he, he's a believable badass 
and he's also believable as a conflicted type of character. Yeah. You know? So I guess we'll see what happens with that. Do you think do you think just the tone the do you think he would have worked in uh tonally with Hawkeye? You know, that's what when I when I first mentioned it here, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um and it probably, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean you you would have to maybe tone it down a bit, but that's okay. There's room yeah, I think for that. To me, Kingpin they dialed up. Well, they dialed up like in a very different in a comic booky way. Like yeah. not yeah. so much in the violent way. Um, Time for you to sit down, little girl. Yeah, I mean, I I think if you're going to do the Punisher in this MCU and in the or even in like the Disney Plus, which is the MCU, but like on the Disney Plus side, you you it's got to be in the more grounded, right, street level environment. I would love to see him go against the Winter Soldier. That would be cool. That'd be dope. Yes. You know, because I don't want to see the Punisher in space. No, you know what I mean, but, but like, like, but he's like, oh, I got my hands on some Stark tech. I know how to take your arm off, right? Like, I, I'll be perfect. Yeah, I mean, you could have him go I mean, if the Falcon went to Soldier, or, you know, Captain America. That could be cool. Um, I mean, there's a lot of room to. I mean, he could even interact with Spider Man. You know, he could have him interacting with Daredevil, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, whatever. I mean, there's a, you know, Elena. Black like, there's Black a lot Black of Black. yeah, Blackwood. There's a lot of room. There's plenty of characters. That he could interact. Who knows, with. man? If he goes up against U.S. agent or something like that, yeah, like that, yeah they got some. I, I think I think there's room for it. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent room for it, and yeah. I'd love to see. It. But he, yeah. he got to be shooting some people, man. Oh, like, of course, got to see some bullets go through some folks. Yeah, you would think so. I'd hope so. I mean, because it's only that's what he does. Because you know, I remember, I remember seeing. Uh, I was just watching the Avengers because my son's hooked on the Hulk. Nice. Hooked on him. He's like, Hulk's scary, but I want to see Hulk. Man, man. The problem <laughs> is, there, there isn't really a Hulk film. Like, you can't get, you know, and I have The Incredible Hulk that's on Blu-ray. Right. And I'm not breaking that shit out. No. You know? What you want to do, if you want him to get over the Hulk thing, is show him Ang Lee's Hulk. I did. And... Oh, I did. How bored was he? He was like, "Where's the Hulk?" Yeah, yeah you got that right. <laughs> I'm like, "Ain't that? Don't you want to see Hulk dogs?" Yeah. Hulk. Don't you want to see whatever the hell Nick Nolte turns into? What is that? Yeah. Hey, Daddy, where's Hulk? Too big. <laughs> yep. You got that right. Exactly, kiddo. Yep. I'm, I'm not gonna fast forward to like the last 20 minutes when he's running through the desert. You're better off just showing him the the Bill Bixby series. Yeah. Because yeah. I got to be honest with you, like about a month and a half ago, I went down that rabbit hole. I, I pulled out my DVD set because I was looking for it. It wasn't available like on any streaming services. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. So I pulled out my own DVD collection of the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. And uh, started watching. I mean, I just love that show, man. That show still holds up to me. Um, I it just, it's like a perfect way if you have to have the Hulk be a, like the, and, and Banner be the feature character. Yeah. Like, I, they just basically took the exact plot of The Fugitive and just put the Hulk and Banner in it. It's literally yeah. the same show. Some of uh, really, really good stuff, man. But yeah, like, I mean, I was just loving it, man. Love I love it. it when he meets up with Thor. Well, that was the the TV movies the movie, afterward. The, TV the movie, yeah. Incredible Hulk returns, and then Daredevil in the trial of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. 
Yeah. Rex yeah. Smith is Daredevil wearing this the all black, uh, with his eyes completely covered. Uh, and then uh, yeah, th- those were fun. I mean, those like I remember when NBC aired those. Th- they don't I hold up as well. That, oh, and and uh, John sure. Reese Davies is the kingpin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some wacky stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, show him some of those. See what he thinks of Lou Ferrigno with the big eyebrows and his I should show him that. Wig. I should show him that. He it's might funny. be a little he, scared he by that, to be hate. honest with you. Because no, I mean he has that kind of that love hate thing with with the Hulk, anyways. Like he's got a little mask. Yeah. That uh, that I can put on him, and then he goes, "Ah, Hulk." Uh, but if you put it on, like he's like, no, 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 take it off, take it off. It's scary, scary. Well, because the thing is, like the, in the in the MCU, <laughs> especially like Ruffalo's Hulk in the Avengers and stuff, like when he changes, he just kind of like grows, yeah, you know, and becomes green. But like in the TV show, like you get the eyes, yeah, the eyes, and then and you see things, and his his face gets all like. scared and sweaty and then he starts ripping and then like Lou Ferrigno is disturbing because like he's they give him like the big forehead prosthetic I know he looks he I mean he looks like a Neanderthal yeah and and the hair is all wacky and then in earlier seasons he had those big eyebrows which they kind of teased a little bit tweaked but um yeah so he could I could see where that might be even scarier and plus because he still looks like a a a giant human but a human nonetheless uh, maybe that might be a little scarier than because the cartoonish, like the overly exaggerated size of the the comic book version of the character and the movie versions of the character. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah, I saw that in the theaters. That's those, I mean, these are the movies that when people complain about the movies today, the comic book movies, superhero movies, it's like, man, there was a time where that was considered one of the better ones. I know. <laughs> Boy. Uh, God. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get uh, let's end our trip down memory lane. Yeah, there you go. We end almost show. we almost got old school there for a second. For real. Uh, so yeah, so you can go to the fanboygarage.com and check out our stuff and of course you can uh, join the conversation on the social medias. Uh, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter. Let us know. What do you think about Dolph Lundgren's Punisher and Ang Lee's Hulk? How do you feel about those movies? Uh, You can, uh, of course, at the Fanboy Garage for all that. And you could find me on Twitter at RealCLMighty. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron Speaks. Thank you again for listening to episode 164 of the Fanboy Garage. We will catch you guys next week. You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast.